Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to the 23rd iThirst follow-up. Today we're speaking about spiritual warfare. Now, the first thing in a war is you have to know who you're up against. We've spoken about this before. If you really don't know who you're fighting, you're really fighting blindly and you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what weapons you can use and even how to protect yourself if you don't know who your foe is. And this is important to realize because we would not really know who our foe is and what has happened to us unless God told us this. And so really, in order to fight spiritual warfare, this is the first principle. God is the one that has to fight for us, and we have to be humble and let him do that battle. This is what we learn from St. Michael the Archangel. Remember, St. Michael the Archangel is an angel that is not going to be as powerful as the highest angel, who was the highest angel, Lucifer. Right? This is before he fell. And so St. Michael, whose name means who is like God, it's a question, right? Quis ut Deus, who is like God? And the answer obviously is no one is like God. And so his whole name, who is like God, right? The answer is no one. That is a name of pure humility. And so when he goes up to fight against Lucifer, he knows that he, of his own nature, his own angelic nature, he's so much weaker than Lucifer. He's not as smart as Lucifer. He is much weaker. He cannot even stand up into a fight against Lucifer whatsoever. However, what makes him stronger is God. And so God uses St. Michael and gives him all the power that he needs in order to thrust Satan out of uh, the upper parts. Remember, the angels were not yet in heaven. So Lucifer was not in uh, the beatific vision. This is very important. So if it says that here thrust out, you know, he's being thrust from heaven, what that means is just the higher parts, right? It's not the actual beatific vision of God. And so here, St. Michael thrust him out of the higher parts, and then now he is roaming about the earth. And so we know this, of course, from the Bible. In the book of the Apocalypse, what happens up there is the beautiful image of Our Lady in the middle of the book, which shows that Our Lady is the center of the book of the Apocalypse, of course, having the child within her. And thus we see that the dragon had swept a third of the stars out of the sky when he fell. And so thus, when Satan came, when he fell, he also, through his deception, took a whole army with him. And so when we are in the spiritual warfare, we have to really see that we are up against somebody who, if we just look at our human nature and how smart we naturally are, we cannot even begin to compare with these angelic beings. And so what do we have to do? We have 
have to completely trust in God. And what that means is we have to be in the state of grace. We have to make sure that we go to confession. We have to make sure that we are not sinning morally. That means going to Mass every single Sunday and Holy Days of Obligation. And thus, when we do that, when we have sanctifying grace, we have this protection that is put around us. That's the armor that we need. We need the Holy Rosary every single day. We need Our Lady's mantle to protect us. We need to make sure that we are feeding our minds with the Holy Catechism and the teachings of the Church feeding our hearts with beautiful music, right? Uh, not crazy music that if you, you know, watch the Grammys, oh my goodness gracious, you just see the demonic going right into there. And you see some of these famous pop artists, you know, they are just now blatantly demonic and things like this. And here we have to be really, really careful and we have to be really prepared. And we prepare by doing all the sacraments, making sure that we are living the life of grace, that we are praying, right? We need to do our mental prayer, our meditation and contemplation, our vocal prayer. Remember, our contemplation means to be quiet before God and to speak with Him from our heart for a prolonged amount of time, 30 minutes to an hour a day. This was very important to see. And when we have those things, then we have all the armor and all of the weapons that we need in order to attack Satan as well as the evil ones. <clears throat> this is how we are to fight spiritual warfare ordinarily. There is not a day that we get up from bed where we are not already just bombarded with all of these different temptations because the demons, they hate the fact that if we are in the state of grace here, they cannot stand the fact that, you know, if we die in the state of grace, that we go to heaven, something that they could never have. And so they are constantly awake. They don't need to sleep at all. This is a really important thing, right? We need to sleep. That's how weak we are, right? We need to eat. We need to study, right? The demons, they don't do any of this, right? They are completely awake all the time, right? Because they are pure spirits. They have no bodies, you know? Um, and so here they are completely awake. They are super smart. They can just read our body language to tell our personality. And they can already see what would be our primary faults, what would be the things that would most tempt us. You know, they can see that just in the way that we speak out loud and the way that we comport ourselves with other people, they're watching constantly. And then not only that, what they do is then they talk to each other, right? They're not stupid, right? So they're going to not only just do lone wolf stuff, right? Uh, they, they hate each other, right? That's very important to realize. All the demons, they hate each other, right? Uh, because they are just full of wrath, you know, they hate God, they hate each other, they hate everything, right? So the only thing they love is really themselves, but they even hate themselves because they made the wrong decision. So they're just a whole hell in themselves, you know, that's basically, they carry around hell everywhere they're going because hell means that they'll never ever see God, right? So these are the kinds of things that we're dealing with here. You know, here is a demon, but even though they hate each other, they use each other, right? So just like, you know, bad people in this world, you know, men will use, you know, other people, they will use women, they will use men in order to get what they want to do. Demons are exactly the same way, except, you know, multiply it by an infinity. You know, they will talk to each other and they will even talk to smarter ones than they are, who can see more, right? So they'll get everybody in cahoots so that they can see how they can bring down a priest, 
you know, how they can bring down a nun, how they can bring down a father in a family, right? This is why we see, for example, if there is drunkenness in the family or suicide in the family or, you know, just revenge in a family or avarice in a family, that here the demon is not going to just like let go and just like, oh, I'm going to kind of give up on this family and, you know, I'm just going to just go to another family and just kind of play around with them, right? They're going to destroy a family if they can, right? So here they first try to destroy the father of the family and then here the next generation bears all the same wounds. The demon knows this and then will try to accentuate it. So these are, of course, generational spirits and you just go down the line and down the line and the demon by the end, by this time, has control of these families so that here they will constantly make the same mistakes with regards to adultery, there will be infidelity, there will be the same uh, wrath and revenge um, or Sometimes it could be just depression is just rampant in the family, alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, all of those different things. They're just all down the family. And so here the demons are again, here they're super smart. They know the weaknesses of people and they will just play on them and accentuate them. On a spiritual level, so those are just natural fathers, right? On a spiritual level, this is even worse because here they know that the priest is just so valuable that, again, remember if there were three or four St. John Viennese, that the whole kingdom of Satan would be destroyed. That's what Satan himself said. You know, this is just amazing. If you have a truly saintly priest, right, that is going to destroy the kingdom of Satan, because here they will just, these priests, they will clearly teach, they will inspire people to be saints, and that will just grow, the families will grow, and just become more saints, there's just like all these saints coming up everywhere, right? So here these holy priests, right, again, they will have, you know, generations of their spiritual sons and daughters and things like this, right? And so here the demons are just working to see how can we destroy a priest, you know, this is what they're thinking of, right? And so here, you know, we have to look at the whole expanse because again, the demons are not just going to, you know, they will destroy each individual person, you know, because they don't like them. They are envious of them. They don't want to go, they don't want the person to go to heaven. They are so envious that they have a chance to go to heaven, but the demon himself is never, ever going to go to heaven. And so here they're obviously having single targets, but at the same time, they are attacking entire cities. They're attack, attacking entire countries. They're attacking entire just civilizations, basically. And so this is important to see again what we are up against uh, with regards to spiritual warfare. And so here, you know, when people say, oh, you know, I don't need to go to mass on Sundays because I'm so busy, you know, or oh, I don't need to, um, you know, uh, bring my children to mass or, you know, oh, I don't need to bring my children to confession or I don't need to go to confession. You know, all of these things just basically open up it's just basically like you know just opening up your heart to the demons and they're just like you know just come on in you know just you can you can hurt me it's okay just come on in right it's like taking off all the armor that we should be putting on and then here they're just like coming in and you know they're just taking over everything you know our lives our families and everything like this and so here in spiritual warfare we have to really be virtuous right it's going to be supernatural virtue and grace that are going to be our weapons and our protection now, the other thing, too, is when we are in spiritual warfare, obviously, here in these things, we must always 
have the priest as the one who is going to fight. And here, for example, the spiritual warfare can get so deep that there will be an exorcism that is necessary. And here, this is, of course, always with the principle that, again, the priest never acts on his own, but again, it's going to be the bishop that is the one who always must give permission. And so here, it is the authority, and this is what all the uh, very holy priests who are exorcists say, that with regards to rightful, holy authority, here the demons cannot attack these things, right? So when we have rightful holy authority in our families, but then also, you know, obey the bishop, right? Make sure that everything gets permission, etc. Then you do your exorcism on the priest level. Here, when we have rightful authority, this is the order set up by God. And so then they cannot attack these things. So here, with regards to kind of more difficult cases of spiritual warfare, remember, we can't just go and uh, try to fight the demon ourselves, right? We are just going to lose big time, right? We need to go to a priest, then the priest, if there is a true case of exorcism needed, right, here there's a whole team that has to assess the situation, make sure that psychologically the person is sound, uh, make sure that really these things are preternatural, that means above nature, and then we submit everything to the bishop, and then he takes care of that, he makes the judgment, and then he sends a whole team of exorcists, you know, and then one, of course, is de uh, deputed, but then that exorcist makes sure that he has a whole team of religious, of laymen, you know, in order to help him in that whole process. So here we have ordinary spiritual warfare. Again, here this is our day-to-day -day living where we have to sacrifice, live a virtuous life, sacraments, grace, and constantly pray, mental prayer, contemplative prayer. Then, of course, we have extraordinary spiritual warfare, where this then is now needing the authority of the priests and the holy prayers of exorcism that the church has given us throughout the centuries, and which she has used in order to cast out demons, you know, all the way, you know, from the time of Jesus. And so here we see that these are the cases of extraordinary exorcism. Again, if you're dealing with a house that is, um, you know, under the attack of demons, here we have to, again, go to priests and we have to make sure everything is correctly set up in the hierarchy so that we're not just like, you know, ghostbusters and just like going and kill these ghosts by ourselves. No, there's no such thing here. Um, you know, that, you know, you just don't do that by yourself, right? Here we have to go through and make sure that all the proper channels are done and all the authority of the priest and the bishop is constantly respected. And then using, you know, you can't just make up, you know, prayers to attack demons, right? These are going to be prayers that are you know given to us by the saints given to us by the tradition of the church and latin 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 right the demons hate latin they fear latin because it's a holy language that unites the entire church that's why they have tried to attack latin as much as possible that's why hardly anyone uh, speaks latin anymore you know that's why hardly any priests know latin anymore it's really important to see how powerful latin is uh gregorian chant is also it's in latin but this holy music is also very much hated by demons there's um some amazing uh, studies that have been done uh, with Gregorian chant being played during exorcisms and here it really helps uh, with regards to the exorcism uh, being uh, more effective. And so here, basically using all the sacramentals of the church and we have to really see again everything is only done by the power of God, right? We can't do it ourselves, it's always the power of God.
If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.